All right, you know what that music means. It's us again, DC Sports Plus, episode number six. Back in the house, baby. Yeah, this is a, a quick turnaround pod. We just did one on uh, Saturday before round four of the draft. This is Tuesday afternoon, uh, May 2nd, 5.35 p.m. Uh, we're back on here to go over uh, our thoughts on the uh, on the draft as a whole. Um, so uh, what I want to say first off, hope you listened to the last uh, podcast episode. Uh, we had our special guest, comedian Rock Allen, on with us. A very funny dude. Um, we'll have him on again as well at some point. Uh, if you missed it, you can, like I said, you can always go back and listen to it. Uh, and then we'll have other guests on as well, hopefully, so we can go ahead and uh, you know get a little bit more um, national exposure as far as for people because we're we're honed in on what Washington does. Like I said Rock was a Vikings fan. Uh, he keeps up with all of that stuff. So, but we did kind of pry him into doing just mostly Washington Commander stuff. Oh yeah. All right. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna start off with D. You're gonna lead it off. Um, we did. We we hit on uh, in the last pod. We did hit on uh, picks one through three. We'll touch on those briefly, uh, and then we'll go into a whole talk about the draft in general. All right. So <clears throat> bottom line here. Um, overall, I thought we had a very average draft. I think uh, we took a lot of players that have high floors and maybe not really high ceilings. Uh, but we'll get into that here in a few minutes. Let's first start off, of course, obviously, first pick, 16th overall, Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, ball hawking corner. Obviously, corner was a need for the Washington Commanders. Uh, four offensive tackles were already off the board. Uh, all reports were that we were unable to trade back. People were not calling up to the 16th spot. I thought um, this was a very uh, solid pick. Uh, corner was a big need. Forbes was higher on some people's boards than others. I like Forbes. I like what he brings to the table. Playing out of the SEC, best conference in the country. A three-year starter, which is very important for me. That means that he was durable. He could be counted on. Uh, obviously, the six pick sixes, which is an all-time college football record. Most uh, touchdowns returned. Um, very impressive. Uh, has the skill set. People are worried about his size. I am not. They have him listed as 166. He'll be probably 180, 185 by the time the season starts. It's real easy to put a few pounds on these guys. Uh, with, with nutrition and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, like the first-round pick, solid pick. Um, so what do you think? Uh, I, I agree. Again, like you said, the way the board fell, we, we both wanted tackle at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided not to get aggressive and try to jump up and get my favorite, Broderick Jones. Yes. Um, but they got him. And the reason they picked him, let's, let's be honest, because he gets the ball. Yes. Uh, and, and everybody can say, oh, well, that was in college. He had 14 interceptions career. If you look it up, even in high school, the dude had 16 interceptions in high school. Mm-hmm. He gets to the ball. Now, is it kind of a uh, gambling mentality? Some of it is. That's going to have to be coached up some. We'll bite on some double moves, things of that nature. But 30 interceptions between high school and college, that's a dude you want on the team, especially where we finished 28th, I think it was. Yeah, 28th in turnovers. Uh, in turnovers with 18, nine, nine fumble recoveries and nine interceptions. Uh, that's not going to get it done. So, uh, so yeah, I, I like to pick where we were. It, it's forever tied to uh, Christian Gonzalez now, as far as I'm concerned. So if Christian Gonzalez has, has a better career, then you know we'll look back on this and say we were wrong. But I think the way he plays, I think it's an excellent fit. 
Oh, yeah. And and just some quick notes on this. You know, he ran a 4-3-5-40, 37-and-a-half vertical, 10-11 broad jump. The, the point to me telling you that is that the guy is an athlete. The guy can cover a lot of ground. He's explosive. And nowadays, with today's wide receivers and the way the offenses are, you need corners that are explosive, quick-twitched, and can get from point A to point B. Emmanuel Forbes does that. Very solid pick. And didn't miss any games. And that, to me, is the biggest <laughs> The biggest. Even, even at 166, yep. dude did not get hurt. Did not, did not get hurt. Did not get hurt. So overall, with where we're at, good solid pick. So now we move over to our second round pick. Now, this is kind of where we were sort of taken aback. Uh, myself and my cousin, and I'm sure a lot of other Commanders fans, probably assumed that we were going to take an offensive line. Well, we end up taking uh, Jartavius Martin, Quan Martin, with the 47th pick in the second round. Uh, defensive back, corner slash safety from Illinois. This is a guy that actually was on the team for five years. He used the COVID-19 uh, situation at the NFL, uh, excuse me, the college football game to give him an extra year. Yeah, a year of eligibility. Yeah, yep. another year of eligibility. Um, so this is a guy that's played a lot of football. Uh, this is a guy that ran a four four six forty. He had a forty four inch vertical, which is insane. Uh, so we know he's explosive. Give him some context. Who else had a forty four inch vertical? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. So yeah. the dude jumps like Michael Jordan. So yes. I'll give him that. As as far as athlete goes. Dude's an athlete. Dude is an athlete. Um, he can play. He can cover. Again, he, the thing I like about him is that he's played a lot of football. And that sort of seems to be the motto with, with Rivera, the, 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 the way he goes. He likes to draft guys that have got a lot of football, a lot of years, three, four years under their belt. That could be a good thing. Guys that aren't necessarily high, you know, high ceilings, but high floors where you know what you're going to get from them. And again, that, that you can make pros and cons to that way of doing it. It remains to be seen. Right. That's just like how he, that's his preference. That's his preference. That's his preference. And so, you know, we thought that maybe Washington should have traded back or at least gone with an offensive lineman. We've heard reports that they wanted to trade up to get a really good guard, uh, Steve Avila, who ended up going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, so... That is another story in and of itself. But the bottom line is that we took Jartavius Martin. He's going to add depth to the secondary. All reports are that, well, this will probably be Kendall Fuller's last year. It's a contract year for him. If not cut. If not cut. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. if not cut. You've got Cam Curl that needs to get a deal done. You never know how those deals can go. You've got, um, you know, so the point being is that we wanted them to go offensive line. The way everything fell, they took another corner slash safety We'll see if it works out. I thought it was a meh pick. Didn't like the pick at first, but then the more and more I looked up on Mr. Uh, Jartavius Martin, um, good player, can bring some athleticism and youth to a secondary that needs it and some ball hawking skills as well. Uh, yeah, if you listen to the last pod, you, you heard how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did not like the pick. Like I said, I think the dude is an athlete. I like him as an individual and as a player. I just don't think that's what the needs dictate at that time. I understand, you know, you don't necessarily draft for need. You draft best player available. Well, okay, if you use that argument, he was slotted basically on average about 40 to 50 slots later than what we got him. So was there an opportunity to trade back and maybe get him? Or was it that all their eggs were in that basket? They were excited that he was there and they took him. 
We'll probably never know. We'll probably never um, know. No. So, and we were talking about this before we started the pod. Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera draft for, and they should, for their defense. What their defense is doing and how they do it. He is obviously an excellent scheme fit for their defense. Can probably play the nickel, which a lot of people say he's probably going to be our nickel corner. Um, so as long as he comes out and he does what he's supposed to do in their defense, that's awesome. Uh, I know you can't sit there and say you won't draft for that, but my, my concern as a fan is next year, if Josh Harris cleans house, we got these you know square pegs and we have a whole bunch of round holes. Um, that doesn't work. It doesn't work, but that's for another time. At least uh, Rivera would be gone, uh, however they do it, and Dan Snyder would be gone. But, again, Jartavius Martin, hell of an athlete, tested through the roof. Um, just I don't really feel like that was the pick to go within the second round. Very much of a, very much of a head scratcher there. Um, obviously, you know, time will tell. But, uh, yeah, I agree with my cousin here. Again, kind of a head scratcher. wasn't wasn't supposed to go this high. Kind of a reach, uh, but you know they needed some depth in the secondary. They got it with their first two picks. Um, so now we move on to the third round. Now, after this point, you know me and my cousin are just like we're beside ourselves. We're like, my God, what are they going to do with the offensive line? <laughs> so here we go. So finally, they do something of need on the offensive line. They get Ricky Strongberg, center from Arkansas. Just to give you something on him, real quick, the SEC coaches voted him the number one best offensive line player in the SEC conference. Last I thought year, that was yeah. really nice. Last year, yeah. I think that's a very nice accolade to be voted on by all the coaches in the SEC as the number one offensive lineman in your conference. And it's not just any conference. It's the SEC conference. Exactly. So I thought that was impressive. This is a guy that was a four-year starter. He played his freshman year. He had two starts at left guard, nine starts at right guard. Um during his sophomore year, he moved to center. Um, that's where he played at. So this guy is 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 position flexible. That's that's a term you'll hear Ron Rivera use a lot. And Danny Rudy say blah. Yeah, and he does not <laughs> like that. And, and again, the fle- the flex position flex thing is a, is a, is a double edged sword because yeah, it gives you the flexibility to move a guy around. But my saying, my my feeling on that is is that if you play two positions, what is it? You don't play one. You don't play one. And that and that could be a dangerous thing because if you're not specialized in one position and you're just meh on a couple, then are you really that good at that position then? So again, it's all preference. It's all philosophy. That's what Ron likes. So for whatever it's worth, that's what Ricky Stromberg is. He does do well in a zone gap scheme. That has already been talked about. The zone gap scheme is what the enemy is probably going to run in our run game. Um, I actually like this pick, but again... And I hate to bring this up. This was a guy, though, that was pegged to go in the fourth round somewhere. And we took him at the tail in the third round. So we did reach on him some, which is kind of annoying. But his upside is there. He was healthy. He was durable. He played in a big-time conference, and he played a lot of football. So maybe in a year, maybe in a year he does become the starter, and we'll just have to see. But good, solid pick. Uh, what do you think? I think that you could have drafted Mahatma Gandhi if they had them lifted at a guard uh-huh. or center or tackle, yeah. and I would have been fine. You'd have been fine at this point. Yeah. Um, I do, I do see what you're saying about Stromberg. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, big dude uh, has uh, kind of a nasty attitude when he gets onto the field. Um, gonna finish blocks all the way till the whistle. 
Love that type of mentality, especially for linemen. Um, and, and again, as long as it was a lineman at that point, <clears throat> I, I didn't care. Uh, we needed to address it. I hate that we waited until 97 to do it, uh, which is basically a fourth-round pick. It is, um, essentially, yeah. Um, but with the with the compensatories, it ends up being a third. I think we could have got him later, um, but they got an offensive lineman. Yep. Stick him in there, see if he can play. Hopefully he's starter from either this year or next year. They're still deciding on what the, what's going to go on with Ruye. I think he's going to be a post-June 1st cut. Uh, to where they flip the um, flip it to where they save eight million this year, cost us four. Um, so that way we get a little bit better juice out of it and get some more money out of it. Uh, so yeah, I love the pick. It's offensive line. You know, at least throw the dart on there and at least at least see if something sticks. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then not to be outdone with their fourth round pick. So basically, twenty one picks later. Because they picked 97 in the third round and then 118. Right. So basically 21 picks later in the fourth round, they take another offensive tackle, Braden Daniels from Utah. Now, again, a common theme here, position flex. Yep. This is a guy that threw his, again, played a lot of college football. This is another guy that played at guard and at tackle in his career. Um, this season, he started all 14 games at tackle. Earlier in his career, he started off as guard. So he's kind of been all over the line. You know, right guard into left tackle and then even played a little right tackle. Yeah. For what it's worth, Mr. Braden Daniels allowed just five sacks his entire college career in 1,400 pass-blocking snaps. So for what that's worth, that means that in 1,400 times that he's dropped back in pass-blocking, he's given up five sacks. Whether you think that's a, you know, bottom line is this. That's an impressive stat. Yeah, you, impressive can't, stat. yeah, you can't argue with that. Can't argue that. He is kind of on the light side for an offensive tackle. He's 294 pounds. That is light. He'll probably have to put on some weight to play tackle or even guard. So that's also an interesting point there. Uh, but again, this is another offensive lineman. Can't complain with it. We need offensive line help. This is a guy, again, when you read up on this guy, you do your homework on this guy. This is a guy that, again... He has a tall, or excuse me, a high floor, maybe not a really tall ceiling, but this is a guy that could develop into a good player. This isn't somebody that may wow you, but this is a guy that could be a good, solid starter for you potentially. So that's nice to know. But again, another sort of safe pick. You reach some, but overall, good, solid pick. Like you, you and me were talking about, Good, we got another offensive lineman. Can't be too critical of that. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree completely. Um, listening to the interview that he did on uh, 106.7 The Fan, <clears throat> basically, you know, dude's kind of soft-spoken. Um, and he, like he said, he played all over. Um, and he'll play wherever they need him to play. Uh, I was kind of surprised to hear that uh, when they talked about it, they said that Rivera said that he was going to start off at tackle and then see about guard later on. I thought he was more projected as a guard um, that would still need to put some weight on. But I guess they saw enough in the skill set at left tackle uh, to be able to to groom him at tackle, which I'm fine with because, as we talked about, we know Leno is done. Um, oh, yeah. Nothing against him. Love what he does for the community. Love him as an individual. But this is a business. Uh, I don't wish ill on anybody, but the simple fact is – we saw what he did last year, and it wasn't good enough. No. Uh, and they have done nothing 
to try to upgrade the position. And I don't, I'm not sitting there saying that he's going to win the job out. Uh, this kid, um, Brandon, Braden Daniels. I think that maybe the hope would be next year. You have your starting left tackle after, um, his contract's up. And that would be ideal. That's what you would hope that he would develop into a guy. Because everyone said that his athleticism, like his, it was off the charts. Yeah. Very athletic tackle. Yes. And, and that bodes well at the next level. Right. If you have athleticism because you can coach that up, and then you can harness that, that athleticism and maybe you can turn into a good viable option of left tackle. Right. And, yeah. and like we said, bottom line is another O-lineman. Yep. Not going to complain about that. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. And now we'll get to the fifth round. Now, just to give you a little... Breakdown. Once you get past the fourth round, because I'm a firm believer that you find your obviously you find primarily you find your stars, your good capable starters through the first through the mid rounds. Once you get into the fifth round, now you're getting guys to give you depth, special teams, and every once in a blue moon you might fall into a gem. But for the most part, once you get fifth, sixth, and seventh round, this is where you find your depth guys. And now we get into my favorite pick of the draft. We traded up to get him. We only gave up a seventh round pick. We traded no, up sixth. A, Remember, it was oh, Fred Story six. That's right. I apologize. It would have been a yeah. It was a it would have. It's kind of a seventh, but technically it's yeah, a compensatory it was like six. Fifteen or yeah. something like that, which normally would have been seven, but these compensatory picks are just they out of push them on down further. So right. kind of yeah, technically a sixth round pick. And KJ Henry with the hundred thirty seventh pick in the fifth round. KJ Henry. This is a guy that was a five year starter. On, oh, excuse me, I apologize. Five-year contributor for the Clemson Tigers. Yeah. This is a guy that, again, you know, not to beat a dead horse here, here's a guy, again, going to have a high floor, maybe not a really high ceiling, but a guy that can contribute. A guy that's a hard worker, he's a good character guy, has played a lot of football, has come from a major university, Clemson, one of the top organizations in all the college football, yeah. one of the top programs in college football. Um, here's a guy that... Through his career, he played 58 games. Now, think about that. 58 games. That is a lot of football for a college football player. So that in and of itself, that means he's experienced. But again, nothing to wow you. The guy, he's a developmental guy. He's got some pass rushing ability, can help out with the run. But again, we're picking in the fifth round here. So typically your fifth rounders are going to be developmental. Uh, I like what this guy brings to the table. Um, Just some quick stats. He had 13 and a half sacks uh, and 28 tackle for losses in his career. Um, had ran a four six three forty, which is very impressive for a guy his size. Uh, what I will say is that I am excited about him adding him to the uh, defensive line. Obviously, believe it or not, it's not just Chase Young and Dur- uh, excuse me, Chase Young and Montez Sweat that are up for contract years, but our entire defense. We have five defensive ends that have contract years. Yep, which means after this year. They're all technically not under contract by the Washington Commanders. Right. Um, and if you know anything about football and contracts, you're not going to resign all five. Yeah. Exactly. So you need to get a guy in here. We got a guy in here. He can play on special teams. I mean, excuse me, he can play special teams and it'd be a third down specialist to see if he develops. Yeah. We're going to love the pick. Yeah. I mean, they obviously loved it for them to trade up. Uh, yeah. Granted, they didn't have to jump up too far. No. Uh, I think it was like 15 picks or something like that. Um, so they, they did jump up to get him. Um, I do agree with, uh, getting an end, uh, because like you said, you got five guys that are under their last year of their contract, whatever happens with them happens with them. Uh, I just want to see Casey Tuhill gone 
Uh, honestly, yeah. Um, I like what James Smith Williams has done with us. Yep. Um, I think he. I mean, he came in as what a seventh round draft pick. I seventh believe round it was. draft pick. Yeah. And and he's played solidly for us. I think KJ Henry is kind of the same type of dude. Fits that same mold. Yeah, same mold, same type of dude. And um, I just Casey Twohill just doesn't doesn't do it for me. So yeah. I'm hoping that this pick ends up being the the doom of of. Yeah. <laughs> of Casey Twohill, yes. so, we, so we can get them out of here. It's nothing personal. Again, yeah. I just don't see enough from him. Once in a blue moon, he makes a play. But James Smith Williams, if you look at the analytics for him, he's like literally like top five in the league analytics wise for um, pass rush win rate, quarterback hurries, quarterback um, hits, all of those things. Analytics wise, he's really ranked up there high. So if we get another guy that's in that mold. Uh, with the KJ Henry, uh, I'm all for it, and it always helps. Pops was a Pops was a, a Washington fan. Oh yeah, they showed him with his Jeremiah Trotter. Jeremiah Jeremiah Trotter throwback oh, jersey. Oh yeah, loved it, baby. You loved gotta it, baby. be a Washington fan yeah. if you had a Jeremiah Trotter jersey. That's old school, baby. From old school from back in the day, because yeah. God knows he didn't live up to his damn contract. Nah, he certainly did. <laughs> so he kind of screwed us over on the money, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but we nice. liked it when we got him. But yeah, Pops is a Pops is a Washington fan. He loved it. So uh, I think he's I think he's a good piece to the puzzle again. Uh, you know, low floor, uh, you know, he's got, I mean, high floor, low ceiling type of dude. He's going to be a worker. I think he's James Smith Williams. I I think that's him all over. I think he's, he's another one. They just got him in the fifth instead of seventh. Yeah. I'm I'm all for that. Solid pick. Yep. Solid pick there. And now we'll round out our last two picks. Obviously now we're in the sixth round. Uh, this was kind of a head scratcher, but again, it's a sixth round pick. Chris Rodriguez running back out of Kentucky. Didn't really understand this pick. He's a thumper. Big physical guy. We already have that with Brian Robinson Jr. Didn't quite understand that. But again, this is a sixth-round pick. Maybe they like a certain type of running back. They decided to take one in the late rounds. They took one in the sixth round out of Kentucky. Uh, Good downhill runner, physical. Um, He'll go ahead and add some depth. And uh, we'll see him on special teams. So that's Chris Rodriguez. Not really much to say on that. Again, late round pick. Didn't Again, didn't understand where we got another thumper, but I just think that they have a certain type of running back that they're looking for. Don't like the pick. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't yeah. like it. Don't like it. Um, yeah. This is not the time to take your best player available. And I think that's what they did. Yeah. They have shown they do not draft best player available. No. No. That's true. That's not what they do. No. So on this one, they say they had a third round grade on him. He's in the sixth round. We're going to go ahead and take him. The dude is the same as Brian Robinson. He is not a game breaker. What is this Washington offense missing? Mm -hmm. They're missing game breakers. You're missing that running back position to where you give them the ball, he hits a crease, and he's gone for 80 yards. We don't have that. At all. At all. Nobody. On, on the day, you can talk about Gibson all you want to. If, if you're a diehard Gibson fan, the biggest play he's had for us was a screen pass mm-hmm. that he managed to take. Um, I, did, I think he didn't even score, did he? He got tackled like at the two or something, right? No, he, he, ended, up in. No, he ended up falling in. He ended up falling in. Okay, okay. Scored, so, but, so that's a big play. That's a big play. But still, you have guys available that are, you know, those type of guys that can – hit the hole, and be gone. And that's what I would want at running back at this point. I know it's sixth round where we were picking. They were gone through. So if that's the case, 
don't get me the same running back I already have. Mm-hmm. Get if you don't if you say there's no running back that we like other than him, then pick some another position. Yep. You know, don't don't have to sit there and and pick the same thing you already have. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into all this stuff. He is a thumper. People say that you're like he had some off the field issues. We could say that he had yep. DUI mm-hmm. and he had one other thing go on. Um so giving him opportunity that again, that to me is the Eric Bieniemy thing, because Ron Rivera wouldn't draft him, wouldn't right. touch him with a ten foot pole, um, yeah. because he's shown that they mark people off their list for character concerns. Um, yeah. So they had a good interview with him. They liked him. They bought him in in the sixth round. So now we have you know basically a third round running back, a sixth round running back. And Gibson was a third, third round. round running back who's in the last year of his contract. Right. And he and my thing is, just to piggyback real quick to put a bow on this one, you know, and that's another thing that kind of bothers me is that bringing Eric Bieniemy in, he's going to want a, a running back slate of build that has a lot of, that's quick twitch, that has some wiggle to him, that can make plays in the flats. And, you know, Antonio Gibson might have been that in college, but the last couple of years in Washington, he's put on weight and he's become a regular downhill runner. Right. So... Throughout the entire offseason, we have not picked up a free agency nor drafted a player that fits that mold. Hmm. And I think that was a mistake by them to not do that. Now, it remains to be seen, but I wish they would have gotten a guy, you know, a sleight of build guy, catch the ball in the backfield, quick twitched, can make moves in space. We don't have that. Right. We don't have that. So don't know how much that's going to come back to bite us or not. We'll see. But again, it is what it is. He's going to be kind of like um, Brian Robinson, and we'll just see how much playing time he gets, if any at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then just to round out, don't know, you know, seventh round pick, pick 233. We take another pass rusher from a small school, Louisiana Lafayette, Andre Jones Jr., with the 233rd pick in the seventh round. Here's just a developmental guy, um, six years with the Cajuns. So, again, another, not to beat a dead horse. Here we go. Here's <laughs> played a, guy a lot of football. Played a lot of football. Again, this is a seventh round pick. This is just a developmental pass rusher. Um, hopefully, he just brings depth to us and can get after the quarterback. Um, so six foot four, two hundred forty eight pounds. So he's more lean than he is thick. So you know, more of a finesse guy, and uh, hopefully he, he can develop some and get us some uh, depth at that edge rush and give us some edge heat there uh, when our guys are winded for the starters. Yeah, no, I agree, and and we've talked about this previously. How back when we were growing up, uh, you know, you didn't necessarily have to have a, a pass rusher at, at, on first and second down, but come. You know, third down, you wanted to have a pass rush specialist. Pass rush specialist. Um, we did it back, uh, if, if y'all are old enough, if you're listening, you're old enough to remember, uh, in Duke Way Kalu. In Duke Way Kalu. Oh, yeah. Uh, number 72 for us. That was 72 after Dexter Manley, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's somebody that was a pass rush specialist. That's what he did. He got after the quarterback. Um, I love that. I love situational football. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that you bring in that's completely fresh that can come in and get after the quarterback. I think this was the pick uh, to replace Shaka Tony. Uh, I do believe they're going to end up cutting Shaka Tony. He's uh, suspended for a year for gambling on football. Um, so I doubt very seriously we'll see him in a Washington uniform again. So I like the pick, a young, athletic, uh, fast guy coming off the edge. And again, he did play a lot of football, so they got a lot of tape to look at from him. So bring him in on long yardage situations and let him go hunt the quarterback. That's all you can say. Yeah, I mean that's and that's pretty much it. We had seven picks. Uh, these were our seven picks. Again, the theme that you can see here is again guys overall, good character guys, experienced guys, guys that have played three, four, and even some five years. Yeah. And this guy, Andre Jones, 
six years in, the, in college football. So, again, we're talking about lots of experience. We're talking about guys that are, again, not to beat a dead horse, but, again, high floors, maybe not very high ceilings, but good quality guys. And that sort of brings us into our next point, our last point here on this pod, is the overall draft grade. Right. Overall draft grade. So we've looked at all kinds of different sites on what people graded, and it's been all over the place. Some people gave us Bs, C minuses. We even had a D or two on here. The, the, the consensus theme here, if you just look at it from a big perspective, the macro, is that we reached on a lot of our players. Yeah. And generally speaking, that's not a good thing to do. Now, there, there are arguments you can make for and against these players. The bottom line, though, is that for a second year in a row, at least a second year in a row, we have reached on a lot of our players. Now, that remains to be seen if it's going to be all doom and gloom. I'm not saying that. I'm not, but, but, but you want to, the general rule of thumb in drafting is you want to try to get value for your players. We all know that it's not an exact science. Right. The best GMs miss 50% of the time. Yeah. So this isn't about being able to hit on every player. We know that. But you increase, you increase your odds of success when you draft players where they're supposed to be drafted. Right. It doesn't guarantee anything. It just increases your chance of success. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it seems like Ron and his staff, they fixate on a player and they seem to take that player regardless of where that position is. They're not really worried about when they take them, just if they take them. Yep. And again, we're just fans here. We're not professionals. We don't do their jobs. So I'm not going to sit up here and try to say that what they did was right or wrong. I'm just saying that from what all the pros say and what all the people that do this for a living say. You get paid to do this. They get paid to do this. Yeah. You, know, you, tr- you don't want to try to reach on players. People, re- I mean, teams reach from time to time, but when, when it becomes consistent, mm-hmm. when it becomes the norm, yeah. that can put you in a spot where you got a bunch of guys that you drafted too, around too early. Yeah. You know? I yeah, mean, and, that, and that's, what, that's what the constant theme is. Like you said, that's what we always hear. Uh, gr- granted, it's not a, an exact science. Mm-hmm. Um, but when most of national sports people are saying – you could have got Ricky Stromberg in the fourth round with your 118 pick. Or you could have got this guy, you know, later on and you and you reached on him. And Quan Martin, like they said, he was drafted almost 50, almost full, 50. 50, 50 more, you know, 50 points, you know, 50 spots. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, again, that's Ron Rivera because he has no business running and being the final say for talent. Nope. Um, he, he is a coach. A marginal coach at that, um, and he sets a specific guideline of what he wants, and he makes the final determination on what it is. Therefore, he has his mind set on a specific individual. If that individual is sitting there, and like the um, uh, Martin pick, we didn't pick again until ninety-seven. Nope, fifty picks. We're at forty. It's forty-seven. He's not going to be there when we when we get there. No thought about, well, we could trade up for him or we could do this or we could drop back here and get an extra pick for him. No thought of that. They just want to make sure they get their guy. Um, yep. and, and general managers these days, the good ones move around in the draft, right, wrong, or indifferent, but at least they're, they're trying. 
Yes. They're adding picks. They subtract picks. They move up if they really have a guy rated high, like they did with K.J. Henry. Yep. Uh, you know, they had him rated, and they go ahead and take him, and they even put that one video out where in the war room where they're talking about it, and Marty Herney says, you got to go with the lineman, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you got to go with the lineman, uh, don't you? Yeah. And they say, yeah, we'll go with we'll go with the O-line, and then we'll go ahead, and, and Martin Mayhew said, then we'll trade back up mm-hmm. and get the other one. Yep. And that was K.J. Henry. Yep. So that's the kind of stuff you need to be doing for the whole draft. Yep. Not just late and and not just okay my guy is there and he fits what we want to do um that's my problem with it because every year it seems consistent that we overdraft by about a round on certain guys now if they work out that's fine but what we have usually is just players yeah you know we have starters or we have backups that are solid, I guess. Yeah, solid. Yeah, but, I mean, but we're not drafting to get a stud. They're not drafting studs. And let's put this in perspective here. You know, my cousin said in other drafts, think about last draft. Let's just go back to the draft 2022 real quick. All right? Let's put the Jahan Dotson draft uh, uh, pick aside because most everyone had to go to the first round, more in the later first round. So let's just say for argument's sake that that wasn't a reach. And for all, for, to be fair, he had a really good rookie year. Um, but... Our second-round pick, Fedarian Mathis. Everybody that does this for a living says that that was an extreme reach. Almost everybody had him going in the third round. We take him in the second round. Brian Robinson Jr., who I love, who ran hard for us this past year and I hope has a bright future for the Commanders. Again, we took him in the third round. Everybody said that most people had him going fourth, fifth round. We take him in the third round. Now, again, that's nothing against the player. I love Brian Robinson Jr. And I hope Fedarian Mathis works out and comes back from his injury. And I'm hoping the best for him. But again, this is a, this is a business. This is about the fact that this, you're right. My cousin's right. This is not an exact science. You want to take guys with the best value on a consistent basis. Because again, it doesn't guarantee anything. It just gives you a better probability that you're going to get a player that fits the round that he went in. And when you are consistently taking players that everybody that does this for a living says should have sort of was in this position and you took him in that position and that position was higher, that normally doesn't play out well. So again, don't hate the draft. This draft was actually, I thought it was a solid draft. I I think it was a very, I'll call it, I put it as this, I'll call it a lukewarm draft. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't horrible. It was a, uh, it was solid. And we'll just see how it plays out. And that's sort of how I feel about that. Yeah, and then even even Ricky Stromberg, when he did the interview, he said his his uh, agent told him he could go anywhere between third and sixth round. Um, that said, that that to me, if if I'm a player and my agent tells me that, I'm thinking closer to sixth round. Sixth round, yeah. you know, because and I'm not saying Stromberg would have went in the sixth. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, giving you an example of what his agent told him, if he's giving him third to sixth round. Third would be an extreme to me. And I would say more realistic, maybe he goes in the early fifth. Early fifth round, probably. Right. Um, so, again, these are guys they identify that they like, that, that play their system or will play their system uh, to the best of their ability, and they, and they come out with the guys they want. Okay, that's on them. So they got this year, uh, and they have to really make the playoffs, in, in our opinion. I think we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Rivera has to make the playoffs and possibly win a playoff game. Yeah. To to save his job and his staff. Uh, because if not, then Josh Harris is going to come in with a broom and he's going to sweep the floor up and, and get all the trash out of there. And let's put this in perspective here. A team in our own division 
that we are competing with every year, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. In 2020, Howie Roseman gets shifted to a new role where he's pretty much running the show. And just to give you a quick breakdown of this, he has the sixth pick in the draft. He trades it back three spots to nine, still gets the player he wants, Devontae Smith, and picks up an extra pick. Okay, Last year, he trades one of his firsts for the Saints' first this year. That first-round pick ended up being 10 overall. He parlayed that into Jalen Carter. Now, we all know the stuff about Jalen Carter, but the bottom line is that you got the consensus best player in the draft with the ninth pick. And then you go and you get his teammate, Nolan Smith, at 30. The point I'm trying to make here is that a team in our own division that we compete with has a GM that's making moves, man, giving up picks to get extra picks, trading up for value. They got Keely Ringo. That's what I was going to say. Keely Ringo, who was a second-round grade. Yep. They trade up and get him in the fourth round. This is a this is an organization. This is an office that attacks the draft. They're aggressive when they need to be aggressive. They stay put when they need to stay put. And they try to get, again, it doesn't guarantee that these players are going to be great. It just, all it does is it just adds to the probability of their success. Yeah, they gave up a third next year for Keely Ringo, who most people had as a second, second round, round grade. grade. Yep. Uh, and then what you think about, okay, what's the big deal with that? One, like you said, pedigree. Yep. He has the pedigree, comes from a, a big-time organization at college. And then you have another year in the system with him. Yep. So he's already learning the system. Yes, they have Bradbury. Yes, they have Slay. He gets to come in and learn behind them for a year, maybe play some dime depending on who they have behind them. But he gets to learn that. And then next year, yeah, you don't have a third-round pick, but this kid already got a year's worth of experience. Already got a year's experience. Comes from a big-time program. And, again, the reason why I use Philly as an example is that they are doing, the last three years, they're doing things to increase their success. Mm-hmm. They're doing things to, and, and, oh, guess what? They were in the, I think they were in the Super Bowl this past year, weren't they? Oh, yeah, and they, and they traded for DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget that, which <laughs> a lot of people thought was the best move of the draft. They give up a fourth-round pick in 2025. 25, not even next year. Not even next year for DeAndre Swift. I mean, this is a team that is getting the job done. This is a team that's doing what needs to be done. They try to maximize their picks. They get guys for great value. Get Jalen Carter, the best player in the draft, nine. And then Nolan Smith, who a lot of people had mocked him going 10 to Philly. They are able to snatch him at 30. I mean, and then with us, it just seems, again, it's not, we're not striking out. We're just, it just seems like we're fouling the ball off. Yeah. Very vanilla, very safe. And again, we'll know in two years or so if it's good or not. But like I said, a very medium pace, lukewarm draft. And um, I just hope for the best. And I hope these guys can pan out and, and have good careers with us. Yeah, I agree. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll um, wrap it up on that. Like yeah. I said, we, we think it's a it's an average draft. Uh, very average. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't do a t- whole bunch, uh, didn't do a whole bunch of moving around. Um, they got the guys that they supposedly wanted. Um, and then, you know, as fans, we just take it for what it's worth and hope, like D said, hope it works out. Um, so that was our second thing on the draft since we did one on uh, Saturday with one through three. Yeah. Um, so we'll have a little bit of a hiatus because uh, I'm going out to California and then Arizona. Uh, and then once I get back, we'll hit up another one. So it'll be after Mother's Day. Uh, we'll go ahead and get another one pretty soon after that, uh, and then we can hit on, uh, you know, multiple things 
after that. Hopefully the sale, obviously they're saying that the sale is going to be um, finalized hopefully by June. Can't get here fast enough. Yeah, so so we're figuring that's about two weeks from now by the time we hit the next one, and that'll be two weeks away from uh, Dan Snyder sailing off into the sunset. Ah, So, uh, like I said, if you haven't uh, liked or subscribed, please do. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify um, and Samsung Music. We're looking to try to expand it onto other platforms. Um, If my daughter, Christina, listens to this, hey, Christina, thank you for subscribing to Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anybody else uh, listens, subscribe, and then uh, hit us up, and we'll be back in about two weeks. All right, holla.